This is the Peak Potential Podcast. Hello, we're the students of Peak Potential Academy. We're 4th through 8th grade project-based learning school located in Bozeman, Montana. My name is Lily. This is a podcast about the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. We spent the past three months studying about this place, conducting a community survey, and interviewing stakeholders. Our goal is to help people all around the world understand what makes the greater Yellowstone ecosystem so special, the challenges facing this place, and what people are doing to keep it unique. My name is Chloe McDonald. I'm 17, and I was born in Billings, Montana. I've lived here for my whole life. Montana is absolutely beautiful, and I'm so grateful that our community has such great access to nature and the outdoors. It's had such an irreplaceable impact on my life, but living here also comes with a lot of challenges. One of the ones I see the most is the incredible impact residential construction has on our ecosystem. Because we are part of the greater Yellowstone ecosystem, we attract a lot of interest from people who typically have a lot of, typically have a lot of money and live out of state and tend to build their own homes. Lots in a new residential area near my own neighborhood were sold for approximately $800,000 each, which the owners then built large, nearly multi-million dollar homes on them. Not only does this increase the cost of living in Bozeman, but it happens everywhere and everything is expanding out rather than up. Because of this, and without most people realizing it, we are incrementally losing more and more of our ecosystem. However, the greater Yellowstone ecosystem is at risk, and we, the new generation, need to figure out how to protect and preserve this special place. Here's a quick definition. The greater Yellowstone ecosystem is a 22 million acre interconnected region in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. It is one of the most intact ecosystems in the world, with Yellowstone National Park at its core. It has the largest concentration of wildlife in the lower 48 states and is home to over 450,000 people. With multiple national forests, parks, and wildlife refugees, it contains half the world's active geysers, the world's largest supervolcano, and a rapidly growing human population. There are many challenges to this place, making it a fascinating region to study. We think that it is important that you hear this information from us, the new generation. As we are becoming the next stewards of this special place, we learned a lot from this process, and we think that we have gained the greater understanding of what is happening with this unique place we want to know that we want to know that we can do something to help keep it magical and we hope you enjoy this podcast and learn something along the way my name is tegan I'm a student as well. Our home, Bozeman, is a town located on the north end of the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. It's one of the fastest growing regions in the world. We want to know what draws people here, what makes this place so magical, and what we can do to keep this place special for the future. It's clear that a lot of people have a stake in this place. Interestingly, there is a word for this. It's called a stakeholder. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a stakeholder is involved in or affected by a course of action, whether they are ranchers, business owners, artists, or just residents. We learned that everyone in the area is a stakeholder. We met with a lot of stakeholders and asked them about their investments to this place we call home, what their interests are, their history here, and about their personal and professional connections to the GYE.
I grew up in Bozeman with my parents and my brother, who's two years younger. Uh, we lived right in downtown Bozeman when it used to be quiet and small. Went to school at the Emerson, which used to be an elementary school, and the Wilson, which also used to, that used to be the middle school. Um, spent a lot of time outdoors growing up, uh, doing lots of fun Montana activities in all the seasons, uh, backpacking, hunting, skiing, hiking, all those fun things. My parents got us outside a lot. And also my dad was a horseshoer and a blacksmith, and he worked on a lot of ranches doing that. So I grew up uh, horseshoeing on ranches in Montana with him, and then I started working on ranches when I was in high school. And that's kind of what I did growing up. Sure. My name's Jennifer Boyer, and um, I live just east of Bozeman on Kelly Canyon Road, and I have a small um, goat farm where we raise goats and we supply local restaurants and grocers with um, goat meat. Um, and I'm also involved in a lot of um, local projects around land use and community development and conservation. I do facilitation work to help communities find solutions to um, issues that they're facing. I'm also running for Gallatin County Commission and the election will be in November. Uh, I used to be the regional supervisor for Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks here in Bozeman, and that job supervises all of the wildlife and fish-related activities, fish management-related activities in southwestern Montana. So it goes all the way to the Yellowstone border and as far east, I'm sorry, west as Dillon in that area through the Big Hole, and on the west side, the region goes all the way to Big Timber and north to Helena. So it's a big chunk of the state, and a lot of it is adjacent to Yellowstone Park and part of what's considered the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. So there's that was a, a big part of my career. I retired uh, in 2014, and uh, since that time did some consulting work, and then moved on to uh, political life and ran for a state senate seat in West Bozeman. And my district runs all the way south through West Yellowstone. Um, so again, there's a connection to the, the park with this, with this uh, job now that I have to serve as state senator. I was elected in 2018 and have served in the last two legislative sessions, and I'm running a campaign to hopefully get reelected. Yeah, so I actually teach a, a class called, on, at the university, I teach a class called um, Bioregional Leadership, Case Studies in the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem. So me and my students do a very similar thing to what you all are doing, where we talk to leaders in conservation who are working for the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem. And uh, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Those were the voices of Mike Wolf, a local business owner and a lifetime resident, Jennifer Boyer, a local goat rancher who is running for county commissioner, Pat Flowers, the state representative, and Jill LaVisca, an associate professor at Montana State University.
We asked many people about why the Grayrail Stone ecosystem was special to them through a community survey, but also asked stakeholders to speak from their hearts. After conducting all the interviews and reviewing all survey data, it's clear that the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem is a very special place for all that live here. It, it, it affects my life by the, the joy of seeing the animals uh, in Yellowstone National Park and the surrounding areas. It's a good spot, you know, uh, the Epsarkis, the Beartooths, the Prior Range, uh, these are really nice places to uh, have sanctuary, to find asylum with nature. Uh, and I, I found joy in that, especially when I was immersed in work and I was able to go out. Now, do I agree with lumber and timber sales? No, not necessarily, but there's some things I can't, I, I personally can't change. Mm -hmm. That was the voice of Scott Frazier, a Crosanti elder and educator. We continued to interview people, and they all agreed that the GYE is special to them because of its lower population, abundant nature, and the wildness flowing through it. While people have been talking about what makes this ecosystem special, change has started creeping in, making an impact on our daily lives and causing lots of growing pains. Thanks, Tegan. We'll take it from here. My name is Audrey. And I'm Catherine. And we're picking up the next part of the story. We collected data using our community survey. As we analyzed the results, we noticed that all of the people had answered yes when asked if they had noticed population growth in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. This makes sense because the population in Gallatin County, one of the fastest growing counties in the GYE, has grown up 32.9% since 2010. Along with this, many people mentioned increasing traffic and housing costs, and it is more challenging to get a reservation at campgrounds, restaurants, and other places. People also said they noticed less of a small-town feel. Honestly, Bozeman used to be a lot friendlier. There are so many new people that the old ways of being a Montanan are being forgotten. Bozeman doesn't seem like a close community as much as it did before. Moreover, it feels like there are not enough people focusing on caring for the nature around us. When they talked about the changes that they had seen in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem in recent years, everyone had a strong opinion. A big concern is that the working class won't be able to afford to live here anymore, as the cost of living in houses has gone up significantly. When we talked to Pat Flowers, he had his own opinion on the topic. Well, when you put more people on the landscape, uh, you put more demands on all the natural resources that, that we all depend on. And when we put more demands on those natural resources, we also put um, more stress on, on the ecological system that has to function for us to maintain Good wildlife population. Atticus Cummings, a Montana State University student representative, has seen this change. I have seen there be an increase in forest fires in the past, like, particularly the past 10 years or so. I've seen there be a decrease in 
like how much winter there is. Like winter's not as cold anymore. It doesn't really last as long. Um, and I've seen winter go from being sort of like snow and cold weather all, all the whole season to now it's like snow and cold weather and then it's warm and then it's snow and then it's warm and then it's cold and then it's warm. So that's been an, a weird change that's happened in the past little while. Over the past two years, there has been an explosion of growth driven by people moving from elsewhere due to COVID-19. Jesse Weiss also had thoughts on this. One thing that we've seen actually, it hasn't affected the day-to-day work that I do that much other than we've seen a lot of ranches selling in the last couple of years and land values changing. So a lot of the big landscapes that we all see when we look out on the greater Yellowstone ecosystem are private ranches. And because of the land value shifting, there's been in markets, you know, um, crop and cattle markets changing and supply issues. We've seen a lot of those ranches change hands. And so um, because of that, we're we're either working with the longtime landowner to try to hold on to their land, or we're working with the new landowner. So I would say we're um, the coronavirus oddly has made my work busier than ever. Although the future is another story, our story. We got some advice from our interviewed stakeholders on how we could weave our web. Um, everything from how we use water and how much water we use to um, how much we travel and how much we um, conserve energy in our homes and in our lifestyles. And all of that will put fewer demands on the need to burn fossil fuels. And um, there's probably um, hundreds of things that you, you know, individual actions that each of us can take. And ultimately, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to take a political will to, to really make a meaningful change there. There's going, to, there's going to have to be states and countries that really come together in a meaningful way to um, reduce the amount of carbon we're putting in our air. And, and then with that, hopefully stem the increase in the temperature. This is Kelly Massey, who teaches writing at Montana State University. I think as long as the future generations are conscientious of how many how, how many resources you're using um, and conscientious of where um, where the population is building and how much you're building, that we can still protect the GYE, even with the population growth, but we definitely need to be conscientious of um, you know how we go about building over wetlands or near streams or anything like that. This is Adrian Massey who is a fly fishing outfitter. Uh, <clears throat> I think, you know, just make your voices heard. You, you all, as a as a community here, you have a pretty strong voice, you know, and I, I would say, you know, use it. Get, it. get it out there. Like this podcast is a great idea, you know. People are going to listen to this and they're going to um, pay attention, you know, and you you all are the voice of the future you know this is your world that you're inheriting from us so we need to listen to you and um you continue to speak up that's the most important thing you know the things that you care about most the things that you enjoy in life are what is important
for us to know as adults. Mike Clark, a retired member of the Greater Yellowstone Coalition, thought this. So one thing, one thing you can do is talk to your parents about what you think and make sure they understand why you are concerned about the region. You can also do that with politicians or with journalists or with your neighbors. Most of us don't really think much about what we do while we're doing it. And what we've got to begin to do is to think more further ahead. And you all can help us do that because you've got the time to study. Yellowstone is one of the most special places in the world. It's also one of the most studied. And you have the time and the ability right now to read about it, talk about it, learn about it, and share that knowledge with other people. There's a lot you can do. Jennifer Boyer, a local rancher who is running to be a Gallatin County Commissioner, said that you guys should raise your voices and and not be shy about what you think needs to happen. And I think you should bring your creativity to the table. This is Chloe McDonald, whose family owns a couple of restaurants. I would say to focus on conservation of what we have. Um, because I know as like someone who enjoys the outdoors, a lot I've been a lot of what I've been seeing is a lot of negative imp- human made negative impacts on a lot of the recreational areas. So for younger generations, I would say, you know, start early with learning about how to properly treat the in- treat those recreational areas that are in the wilderness and probably aren't as well ma- as well maintained as Yellowstone National Park. Um, and to really, you know, like keep that in mind and also keep in mind on like a day-to-day basis, um, carbon emissions, you know, recycling, plastic, things like that would be really helpful for the future. This is Shastra Kinnear Winston, a filmmaker. It's really thinking about how they can tell like the most interesting and diverse and complete stories of place that they can. Elias, and we have heard from a lot of voices, but it's time to wrap things up. We have received phenomenal advice from the stewards of the old generation, but we are the inheritors of their legacy. So here are our commitments to help the greater Yellowstone ecosystem stay special for our lifetimes and our children. My name is Graham, and I am committing to teach and promote better trail etiquette in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem, along with riding my bike to school to reduce carbon emissions. I'm Levi, and one thing I am committing to do to help the Keep the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem special is pick up trash. I'm Olive, and one thing I'm going to do to help keep the GYE special is grow more plants and drive less. I'm Rosie, and one thing I am committing to do to help keep the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem special is picking up dog poop bags so they don't just stay there. My name is Lily, One thing, and one thing I am committed to help the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem is to reduce my plastic usage and try to use paper containers so they don't have to throw out the whole recycling batch. And to stop eating as much meat but still stay healthy. Also, I will walk to school in the warmer weeks but still drive sometimes. I'm Shay, and one thing I am committing to do to help keep the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem special is to stop using disposable mugs or coffee cups and picking up trash whenever I can. My name is Tegan, and one thing I can do to help the GYE be a better place is to write a book that studies the anthropogenic impacts in the ecosystem and what we can do to prevent these changes. Hello, my name is 
William, how I'm gonna help the environment is drive less and ride my bike more and harvest food to feed animals. I'm Audrey and I will continue to be kind to the environment by biking places instead of driving and using less plastics. Hi, I'm Gus. One thing I I am committing to do to help the greater Yellowstone ecosystem is to use cars less and try to bike and ski to MEA more. I'm Brielle, and one thing I'm committing to do to help keep the greater Yellowstone ecosystem special is I'm going to use my travel mug that my teacher gave me when I go to coffee shops and coffee places. I'm Catherine, and one thing I will do to keep the GYE special is to bike, walk, take the bus, and rollerblade more instead of driving. I'm Elise, and one thing I am committing to do to help keep the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem special is picking up trash and using less electronics. Hi, I'm Elias, and one thing I am committing to do to help the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem is to have less carbon impact and to improve the free lunch program. Thank you, Joe LaVesca, for helping us with the process of making a podcast. Thank you also to the Bozeman Folklore Society for the use of their audio equipment. Thank you, Rob Cummings, for being the reading support that we needed and being a great teacher in general. Thanks to Lauren Dixon for keeping us on track when the going got tough and also for being a great teacher in general. Our gratitude to Krista Hayes for creating Peak Potential Academy and letting this whole thing happen in the first place. Thank you, Reese Hayes, for helping with the technological side of the podcast. Thank you to all the community members that took time out of their days and busy schedules to be interviewed, surveyed, and who passed on sage advice. Thank you, Dalton McCurley, for your fantastic organizing skills, checklists, and positive encouragement. This has been a production of Peak Potential Academy. You can learn more about Peak Potential at our website, peakpotentialmt.org.